You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Students, who doesn't love weekends? Full of selfies, snaps, chats, and whatever else you get up to. So fuel your passion for the weekend with a little help from Vodafone X. Switch today and get unlimited weekends and 20 gigs of 4G data for just 20 euro top up, plus 100 minutes of calls and unlimited tax. Now that's more fuel for more fun. Search Vodafone X now. For full terms, conditions, and limitations, including our fair usage policy, see Vodafone.ie. Hey folks, it's your host Mike White here with a special episode of The Projection Booth. It is an interview with actor Farhan Tahir. Let's go ahead and play that interview right now. I come from almost, well, I can say almost because then at that time there was no media, but I come from uh, four generations of people who have been kind of somehow or the other involved in media and performing arts. My grandparents were playwrights and screenwriters and actors and directors. So my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents were publishers. So this particular field, you can say, has been part of our family for a very long time. Uh, so having said that, yes, my parents also, they trained at UCLA, and then my father went to uh, Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. So yeah, so this has been part of the family. There's never there's never an expe- expectation from anyone in the family to kind of follow this path, but it is the path that's been part of our life. It was the discussions at breakfast. It was the last thing we said at dinner. So, so it's, yeah, so it's it's part of us. So you never had to worry about your folks get going. Why are you be? Why do you want to be an actor? Come on, be a dentist or something. No, actually, actually, the funny thing is that when I first admitted to them that this is what I wanted to do, the question that I got from my father was, "Why?" <laughs> and 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 I think I think it was there was there was some jest in it, but I think it was a much deeper question than just that. And I think part of it is that it is such a strange business, you can call it, or field, that uh, one of the things that he always said to me was that I don't really care and I don't know how talented you are, but as a father, my concern and my um, worry is that how will you how will you preserve your core while doing this? Uh, and one of the things that he said, which has always stuck with me, is that in this business, success and failure both can ruin you. Uh, <laughs> And I think I think it's it's quite an astute observation um, because unless you have a a clear focus of why you're doing it and sift through all of the rest, it can play uh, a trick on you, on your mind and on your heart. So, so to answer your question, they they were supportive of it, but they also challenged me in a a very good way, where I had to search within myself why this was important to me. What will happen if I do marginally well in it? And what will happen if I do badly in it? How would that define me? How would that define my life? And all of that. They were supportive and yet cautious. Now, I know you were born in the States. How soon after that did your folks and you move back to Pakistan? Uh, they finished their program at UCLA. That was, I think, uh, you know, maybe a year or two, something like that. And then we went back because my father uh, was offered to be what would what can essentially be the, the national repertory theater of, of the country to lead it, to be the artistic director of it. And for a young man to have that opportunity to put, put his stamp or put his abilities to work was a challenge that he couldn't really refuse. 
So we moved back for a while. I grew up uh, in Pakistan, a little time in England, and then the rest of the time here. How old were you when you moved back to the United States? Permanently was when I was 17. That must have been quite a, a culture shock to go from these three, I would say, pretty different countries. There were, yeah, of, of course there was a culture shock. I think, I think people don't really understand the gravity of that. It is a culture shock, no doubt. I had a few saving graces. One was that uh, I come from a family that's quadrilingual, and English was one of the languages which was not foreign to us. Uh, it was something that we conversed in when, when, when I was home. So language was not a barrier as much. Idiosyncratic expressions, maybe, you know, you have to change those as you move from country to country. But uh, that part was there. I think that the bigger culture shock for me was coming over here and being by myself and trying to figure things out in, in a completely new environment and still trying to navigate my life through it uh, was, was, I think, the bigger challenge to deal with. But there was some culture shock. The, the facilities we didn't have then were, you know, the, this amazing, you can call it a gift or a curse of social media, which, which helps you bridge some of those gaps uh, on daily basis. And when you don't have that, it's a, a harder challenge to, to face. Were you acting in things before you came over, before you even got into college? I know when I look back, in retrospect, there was a part of me which kind of always knew that this is, this is what I wanted to do. But there was a, a battle, a tussle between mind and heart. The heart always had wanted to follow this. The mind, being the logical one, kept uh, convincing me that this might not be the safest route to take in my life. And although I had dabbled a little bit in, in acting and stuff when I was in Pakistan, it wasn't until when I got here that it actually kind of bloomed. Especially during my undergraduate, I started off as a, an, an econ business major uh, when I went to school. And I found myself in front of the theater department a little too often. And <laughs> there was a moment when my advisor, who... I will thank for the rest of my life who sat me down and said, look, you seem to have academic schizophrenia. Uh, <laughs> uh, you have to figure out what you want to do. And then we will make sure that, that we can help you follow that path. And that's what happened. So I midstream as an undergraduate, I realized that, that I needed, this is what I needed to do, you know, there are many reasons to do other things, but the the truth, my truth was this. So, so you know, life just kind of took those turns, and I ended up uh, following this as my career path. When you graduated from school, I, I know that you must have done a lot of theater work in school. Once you're out of school, what kind of roles were you able to get in, and what did you pursue? <laughs> you know, it's, there, there's something beautiful about being ignorant and young. Uh, you, you know, so I literally, I finished my undergraduate work and I was, you know, uh, in Berkeley in the city and there's a wonderful, uh, very known theater called Berkeley Rep that's there. And I literally walked in one day and, and auditioned for them and they, they, you know, they thought that there was, that I had something to offer and they made me part of the second company and I started working, you know, off and on. Uh, in the Bay Area, in theaters. Uh, so it was, you know, it was, I wouldn't say it was an easy road, but being 
ignorant and young, all those uh, doubts that you have about yourself are kind of at bay. You're like, I'm, I'm going to do this. So the kind of roles I got were I ended up doing a lot of Shakespeare. I ended up doing a lot of classical work, which, which was wonderful. Uh, and partly it was because uh, in, in those kind of uh, plays, the, the content is of the main focus. You know, uh, it's not Long Day's Journey into Night where you have to cast a family that, you know, realistically should look like a family. I mean, you can, you can do any, any, you can go any which way, but if you were doing it very, in, in a very traditional manner. On the other hand, if you can handle verse and if you can bring yourself to, to that, that kind of a, an expression, it's less important if, if you guys are, you look like a family. It's more about the, the content, the verse, the ability to be able to express yourself in, in that particular way. So those were the kind of roles that, that became more of what came my way. What have been your favorite roles to play uh, from Shakespeare? I just did Othello for four months earlier in 2016, which I thought was an, uh, an one, wonderfully amazing challenge and a gift to be able to explore the, the storylines, the references in that in that particular place. So, so I have to say Othello is at this point, because I just did it, is one of my favorites. Partly because of where we are today, this idea of an outsider, which, you know, which we as, as, as a society have been dealing with, calling others outsiders and, and, and attributing certain characteristics and, and certain actions based on them or somebody being an outsider and justifying it. To be able to kind of explore that and also explore this idea of how is an outsider looked at from the society? In Othello's case, you know, he was fine to fight the wars for Venice, but God forbid if he falls in love with a woman of Venice, the only way that he could have done it, as Shakespeare wrote, was through witchcraft, because the man himself has nothing to offer. And that's a wonderfully, that's, that's an intriguing idea that how we attribute certain, certain characteristics to people and then decide that everything that they are is based on that. So to be able to explore that and bring it to life and, and know that these, these ideas and these, um, this kind of, of, of prejudice has been, has been part of us for as long as, you know, as, lo- as long as we have walked this earth. Uh, so it was, it was an interesting challenge. When I talk to actors, when they start off, they tend to do a lot of theater. They tend to do a lot of commercial work. Did you find it challenging to do commercial work in the U.S.? Because, frankly, I don't see too many people who look like you on television on a regular basis. <laughs> true, true. Uh, yeah, I did some commercial work, uh, not too much. It was great. There was one one time when I did this AT and T commercial, which they finally turned into seven commercial at that at that point, and that was a windfall that I so badly needed getting out of my graduate program to be able to pay my bills. So I, I, I did do some commercial work. It hasn't been my my main um, you know focus. Um, it's mostly been television, film, theater, commercials. If they've come my way. I've done them, but you're right. There isn't, there is, I mean, I think it's breaking open now a little bit more, but at that point it, it was quite limited. And what were some of those early TV and movie roles like for you? Common fare that one expected, 
you know, in the beginning you play, or I did, you know, you play one scene roles where you're either uh, the doctor or the Seven Eleven guy or, or whatever the whatever the, uh, the need is for that particular story. Uh, and sometimes it was, you know, I mean, it was it was work. Uh, a couple of times I I have to say that uh, I had to walk away from the work because in one particular case, which I'll quickly tell you, um, somebody I, I got a script. I was just out of college, which was about. Uh, a 7-Eleven guy or a convenience store guy who's being held up at gunpoint. And I figured that if I'm playing it, the one requirement is satisfied, which is that he is a guy from some other country, you know, uh, which is, you know, which, which is, uh, you see a lot of that, you know, and there's anyway. So, so I figured that, okay, so the next thing that I need to be doing is really playing the, the reality of the scene, which is a man being held at gunpoint. So there's uh, there's some level of, of fear, some level of defiance, some level of all of that, right? Anyway, so I did all this, and then the um, the director got up and, with a very pensive look on his face, told me that I wasn't being South Asian enough, and then he proceeded to show me how to be South Asian. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, and and uh, as amusing as it was, it was also you know, it, it made me. It made me pause for a second, you know, and, you know, and those are the moments when, when you, when you have to be honest with yourself that can you do this knowing what the focus of this is rather, you know, anyway, so I, I finally had to tell him that, look, um, I'm really humbled and honored that you guys had me come in, but I artistically, I just got out of college and I'm not at this point to make that leap. I know there are other people who will be very suitable for this role. So thank you so much for having me come in. And I hope you find the right person for this role. And I had to leave. But, you know, so those, there are those moments when you, when you encounter things like that. Going a little bit farther, have you ever encountered even more closed-mindedness as far as, you know, are you being offered, like, terrorist roles? And, oh, yeah, you, 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 oh, you're a real-life Muslim. Can you be an extremist in this film? <laughs> Yes, I have been. And, and at times, I have to say, you know, I have played it. Not because I wanted to further this, this, this stereotype, but sometimes as an actor, you also have to look at the challenge that is being offered to you. That, okay, so here's, here's a guy who is not a good guy. I don't condone any actions of, of people who, who commit such, such actions. Yet, you also have to fill that person in. Com- completely. Uh, nobody gets up in the morning and says, today I'm going to be the most evil person in the world. Right? I mean, even Hitler or Osama bin Laden, they, everybody gets up and justifies their actions, how nefarious they might be. And to, to be able to kind of go into that place and, and portray a character who feels completely justified in his actions is a challenge. So sometimes, yes, I have. Other times, I've also looked at the script and tried to see that, okay, so I'm playing the bad guy. Is there someone else in this story, in this play, in this script, that counters that particular idea? Is there some other character who's a Muslim character who might bring a different kind of a, of a perspective to it? So, so that balance is also important to me. I don't work with an agenda that I should always take roles 
would show me or my background or where I come from or ethnicity, religion, all that in a positive light. I don't think that 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 should be one one's focus. Um, but at the same time, I need to know why I'm doing a certain role. And as long as I know and I have clarity on that, then it is okay. And sometimes it's not. And if I do too many of, you know, say bad guys, I will, even if it's a kick in my wallet, I will take a role that actually sees me as an actor, as a person, and shows more variety of what I can offer than just what people have gotten used to seeing me. And I understand that this is a business, and if, if Tide sells, then put more Tide on the shelf. I understand all of that. But I have responsibility to myself also, and I have to balance that all the time. I had seen you around before, but it was really around like 2007, 2008, where you just really made a mark on my mental landscape, where it was seeing you in Lost, seeing you in Chuck, and then, of course, seeing you, seeing you in Iron Man. I think that really solidified, like, this guy is a force to be reckoned with. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I've heard stories about... Iron Man and just that there was a lot of improvisation on set. Was that your experience as well? There was there was a lot of improvisation. It was an amazing experience and I'll tell you why because it was the first movie that Marvel was doing on their own. You know, Paramount was distributing it but Marvel was spearheading the entire story. So there was a kind of of this this feeling this this culture that was developed during during that movie which was let's all get together and try to create the best product that we can so there was a lot of discussion back and forth how to make characters storyline all of that you know something special so there was improvisation there were times when you know uh, we would do the same scene five six different ways to see what works for us that freedom and that that trust is something that, that I will cherish all my life. Your character is fantastic, and your character does, you know, he, he is a, a pretty great bad guy, but I like that he is not the bad guy. I love that twist when you end up not even being the baddest baddie in town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff is probably one of the most talented people who, who have been around for a long time. But Coupled with that is a very generous soul. Uh, so people can be wonderful actors, but they could be, you know, difficult people to be around. And what I found with people like Jeff Bridges or Robert Downey Jr. is that there, there's real generosity of soul there. There is this ability to give and to receive. And that to me was, was just an amazing thing for, for Jeff Bridges to be able to to find that and, and, you know, exchange pointers and exchange and have those conversations. That's really, I mean, that goes beyond any money you will make because it is, it actually evolves you as a person. Did Iron Man help open any doors for you for other opportunities? I think it did. I think it did. I don't believe in, as you said, that uh, by that time I'd been around for a while. So I don't believe in, that 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 one particular role is where everything changes. But what it did do for me was that it did catapult me into a, a different level of scripts, of work, which is undeniable, the positive effect that that had on, on my career. You got to uh, play a captain in Star Trek. I mean, that's a pretty major accomplishment. Yes. I know, look at that. 
you know, especially for being uh, somewhat of a trekkie to be able to, <laughs> to to do that is, you know, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting. Well, I have to ask, were you more TOS or more TNG? I think TNG is where the soul of of Star Trek lives. The the original Star Trek was was a groundbreaking effort. It brought about a whole other way of looking at casting, at at storylines, at dealing with issues. I loved the the original, but I think TNG was probably my my favorite. Yeah, you seem to have been in quite a few well, I would say staple um, uh, sci-fi shows as far as uh, what we know today. I mean, with things like Warehouse 13 and Supernatural, I mean, these are all in Lost, I mentioned before. These are all shows that I've tuned into, you know, throughout the years and have been just a hugely devoted fan to. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think, you know, people see you in, in certain settings and somehow the other, it fits for people. And I, I love personally love science fiction a lot because I think coming from a theater background, uh, it's a very natural place to go. Uh, and I'll tell you just even in making of it, you know, uh, when you're, when you're in front of a live audience and there is a scene, uh, there's a scene of, of storm and all that, you don't have all that, but you let your imagination take you to that place. When you're shooting something, which is science fiction, you might not have that alien in front of you. But you have to make that alien real. And theater helps you with that, that, that imagination. Also, the stakes that you find in, in science fiction, sometimes the entire universe can be obliterated. That's very much in line with classical storytelling. You know, the epics or Shakespeare or whatever, where, where everything is at stake. Uh, so I think, I think there's, there's, a natural, there's a natural kind of a affinity between those two. What was it like uh, being able to play the president in Elysium? It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's uh, again Neil Blomkamp, who, who's a director, has this amazing ability to take issues of today and then slightly remove them from our everyday reality, so that we can really examine them. And Elysium again was one of those movies. It was all about immigration and all about the haves and the have-nots. For for that, it was great, and to be able to then play somebody who actually is the leader of all this, again, it, it goes back to the idea of justifying your actions and, and what is true to you. So I don't see any of these, I see these storylines as, you know, as, as wonderful challenges where you, can, when you, where you can create something and draw people in enough that they feel that for, for the two hours that they're there, this is their reality. The role that actually brought this discussion together was how much I enjoy your role in Escape Plan. It could be seen as just a dumb action movie, but I think that there's so much more to it. It's such an enjoyable film. And I love your character in it. And I love that he is one of the most dynamic characters in that film. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, it, it, was, it was, again, it was a... I'm blessed because, first of all, I mean, I, th- I think, yeah, I think the it can be very easily discarded as just an action movie but i think there's something more to it definitely and on top of that to be able to work with people like Sylvester stallone and and Arnold schwarzenegger who decidedly are icons of action movies uh, you know so when you when i was not working to be able to to study what they were doing because they understand the frame each frame of an action movie so well uh that you you, you learn a lot by just watching what they're doing. Again, 
so that part is also very intriguing to me. You know, the movie in itself, I think, I think it's exhilarating. It's, 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 you know, it's action packed and it has, it has a good message at the end of it. They have been doing movies of some sort since the mid to late seventies. And that's just amazing to think that they've had 40 year careers. Cause I'm like, well, what can they teach this guy? He knows a lot about acting. It's like, oh yeah, I guess they have been around the block. And they have been, and and in that particular genre, you know, they 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 have been they they're iconic. To be able to get to kind of learn and and actually show what you know and actually challenge them on screen is is uh is is, is something that I I can't you know I can't make light of. Arnold Schwarzenegger is kind of famous or infamous for being a prankster. Did he uh, pull any pranks on Escape Plan? He he did. I mean, there, there's there's this wonderfully sweet boyish competition between the two of them, and every now and then, you know, Arnold would get the better of, of Sly, and that was that was amusing and fun to watch. You know, so yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, what are you working on these days? It, it looks like you've got a lot of stuff coming out this year. I have a couple of recurring roles right now. One is on this show called Once Upon a Time uh, for ABC, and then a sci-fi show called Twelve Monkeys. So that's been, you know, that's what I've done for the better part of last year. Uh, there are a few movies coming out. I just finished one, which is untitled as of yet, kind of a thriller horror movie. So hopefully that should be fun. So there's a, there's a nice variety of stuff coming out, which is not always the bad guy, not always the good guy. Uh, it's, it's kind of a mix of all of that, which I'm very happy about that I can, I can bring all of that to the audience's all within, within the next, I would say, five, six months. You know, I am so glad that over the last few years, I think it was for me really starting when I, I read uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and I had never really realized that Captain Nemo was more of a, a South Asian character rather than, yeah. um, <laughs> than, than James rather Mason. Rather than James Mason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad yeah. that you're kind of helping to take that role back. I mean, your, your portrayal of Captain Nemo is, is very, very elegant. I, I really appreciate oh, thank that. You. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's true because it's been, you know, it's one of those roles that easily um, ignored as, as a, you know, the character that comes from a South Asian background. And to be able to be offered that, that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And I like that character. I mean, on, on Once Upon a Time, I think uh, it's, it's a little different than the rest of the storylines. So it, it, brings, it brings a nice dynamic uh, and a nice you know, something new to, uh, to the stories. You've got one coming out called Surfing in Afghanistan. What is that one? Surfing in Afghanistan is still, uh, it's still in development. Uh, the storyline is about two guys trying to escape Afghanistan and end up by the sea because, as you know, Afghanistan is, is landlocked. So it's the, it's the journey of these two people trying to get to a place where they can actually be in the water. It's, it's a kind of a sweet story. It has, you know, it has twists and turns and all that. But I think it should be, if it's done right, and I know it will be, it should be, it should be a fun one. Well, speaking of, of leisure time activities, what do you do to unwind? I am a runner, so I run. Um, that's, that's what gets my head in the right place. I work out, I read, uh, I like to cook and eat. And, you know, and then it's, the rest is, is family and friends and, and all of that. Thank you so much again for your time tonight. This has been a real pleasure. 
Oh, thank you. Uh, pleasure is all mine. Thank you for reaching out. And uh, hopefully we'll talk soon again.